All right, Mark Timpson, it's only early. And you've already managed to put the fear of God into me. <laughs> Hello. Well, look, that's rock and roll, isn't it? Well, it is, yeah. Yeah, it <clears throat> is indeed. I thought we'd do a, uh, a show on drums today. Yeah, good on you. Which I've called Rock Foundations. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Should be just called Bang, Bang, Bang. <laughs> Hit it with a stick. Thanks, Mac. <laughs> so well, I've brought my uh, companion Mac in today, who's, who's my favourite Newcastle rock drummer. So he's going to uh, let us know about why he's the drummer that he is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Steve McLennan joining us in the studio as well this week here at 12.33, and I believe we'll have a special guest on the phone a little later on, but we won't say we won't. now. No. Now You know these things are always a surprise. And, and, you know, people will be so excited that if it doesn't happen, they'll probably just switch off forever. I know. It's like they promised us we'd talk to blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> and you couldn't blame him because this guy is absolutely incredible. Mm. Yeah. All right, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Why drums? Because they're the coolest instrument. If you want to attract girls, <laughs> which is why you start playing rock music in the first place. Yes, Mac. You play drums. Okay. Yeah. But why then if drums are so cool, the drummer's always the butt of a million jokes? Um, well, that's that's. Be- I I think it's because all the other musicians try and make up for their inaccuracies by deflecting yeah. to the drummer. That's it, jealousy. Okay. Jealousy. Isn't jealousy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you're, I, you're walking with two blondes, one on each arm, and the other guys don't. Yeah, that yeah. actually happened ha- happened <laughs> at Hamburger Haven. I was in there, and this guy's giving me a hiding about what I'm what I'm dressed in and all that sort of stuff, and I'm like, oh, you're hanging out with your four drunk mates. I'm going home with these two gorgeous chicks. See ya. <laughs> uh, what were you wearing, Mac? Um, I had very tight bike pants on. Yeah. Some um, water python shoes, a silver and black sequin vest, uh, and a skull bandana, and eyeliner to suit, of course. Very handsome. Yes. Very dashing. Yeah. This was only last week, too. (laughs) (laughs) Is that like rock debonair, is it? It was 1990 in the era of the Aerosmiths and all those sort of guys who looked all like that. Yeah. (laughs) Because they could. Come on, Tino, this was your idea. It was my idea. We will learn stuff this week, aren't we? Just while we're there, let's just play a little bit more of that first track. That's just terrific. This one? Yeah. This is is drums. Every day you get to play some Deep Purple on the ABC, Tino. Thank you. <laughs> we're, we're infiltrating, aren't we? Mm, we are. We are. Well, actually, thanks to Deets. Deets helps me out occasionally with a request yeah. for some Led Zeppelin, yeah, which, of course, I give in to because that's just the kind of, you know, caring, sharing presenter I am. And, and not only that, it is our ABC. And that's, that's right. what we pay our money for. That's right. <laughs> I, I may draw the line here and there, but... You know, just you know. listening to Deep Purple there, I go and see Deep Purple every time they come to town. 
And there's some people that say, well, that's not really Deep Purple because Richie Blackmore's not there anymore. And then the next time, well, that's not really hit that because John Lord's not there anymore. And See, as long as Pace is there, it will but, always yeah, be Deep Purple. So long as Ian Pace is there, it's just, just a good night out. It's absolutely worth the concert price to go and see Ian Pace play drums. He's the only original member, too. Yeah. From, from way back, he's yeah. the only guy who was there at the start. Hmm. So how did he end up with the rights to continue to use the name? Because well, usually that's something people fight about, isn't it? Drummers are good fighters. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. I think we're both going to do as we're told this week, you know. Yeah, we are. We're speaking very gently. Yeah. Where are we up to? See, I said gently, not slowly. No. You heard me, I said gently. Yeah. He's a big boy, this fella. He's not, actually. He, he's, but yeah. he's, he's a lovely gentleman and he's an amazing player. And, and he actually creates the feel and that's when, when you asked about why drums I, I think it's because you want to you want to guide the, the ship you know you're the, you're the engine room and you take it where you want it to go mm. that's what Pacey does better than most mm. so it's about the vibe mm. <laughs> <laughs> sorry it had to be done oh, didn't it it had to be done a cultural quote there mm. yeah. okay so we might just move along to one of the very very early influences the Mac sides We talk, we, we yeah, can Absolutely. My mum broke her watch. You what? My mum broke her watch clapping to Jean Cooper at the stadium many, many years ago. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> she loved it. I love it. That's now, great. I was not expecting that this week. No. So we went straight from Deep Purple to Gene Krupa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, they had uh, the Gene Krupa story on the telly not so long back. Salmonea, not a bad drummer himself. Yeah, caught a little bit of that. And uh, moving just right along, and uh, and this is not dissimilar to the track we just heard, except for the whole orchestra isn't with it. But you, you can actually hear, this is a bit more modern version because you can hear the reverb creeping in on the drums already. <laughs> hear that?
You should see this pair. They're in hog heaven. <laughs> it's beautiful. That's Sandy Nelson. He, he uh, uh, Gene, Gene Cooper was kind of the guy who, who made drums a solo instrument. Like he, he pretty much invented tune toms and all that sort of stuff and was the guy who sat out the front. Sandy Nelson was the guy who then made it popular. And, and it, as you'll hear, it started to turn into surf music because drums were really associated with the surf music. It's a, very, it's a very tribal sound. When's that from, Mac? How that's, old's that? That's the 50s. Okay. That's pretty cool. That's fun. <laughs> I like that. Nothing like a tantrum. Yeah, no, see, I thought it was going to be scared the whole way through this no, segment. No, no, but no, no. So far, and, so good. And I've got to say, we have very, very little what you'd actually say heavy metal. Mm. Yeah. I think heavy rock's as well, far as rock. We, 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 we rock. It's rock. <laughs> we rock. But... Um, and, of course, we happened to mention surf music there. Surf music, which was a nice little segue, segue into, into the next, next one, which is probably one of the most famous drum tracks of all time. Um, I've played this in, in most bands I've, I've ever played with, especially when I was, I was a young guy, and I just wanted to get faster and faster and faster out. This is Wipeout by the Safaris. <laughs> It's the same as solo all the way through, just on a different drum. Under, under a different I can't play the yeah. snare this time or the, the lower tom tom this time. You know, the safaris still play. You'd have still to around the world. You'd have to, wouldn't yeah. you? Well, I think there's such a, a demand to hear Wipeout that they just have to to go with the flow. <laughs> and I, I guess that'd be enough to live on, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. If you wrote that one. Yeah. And 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 Ron Wilson can certainly say I'm that guy. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he's the guy who did I'm that. I'm not sure that there's many original safaris left in the band. I think uh, it's pretty much down to the uh, lead guitar player, and that's it. But you know, there's probably a f- quite a few drummers that have grown up learning wipeout. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. they'd probably just go to a gig and go, "Who wants to play drums tonight?" Like, I'll play. Okay, so like guitarists learning house in New Orleans, or, or smoke on the water. smoke on the water. Yeah, more to the point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Although these days. Do you remember when you got that down pat for the very first time, Mac? Oh, absolutely. I was like 14 or 15. Well, I thought I had it down, <laughs> 14 or 15. Um, but that, as I said, you know, we'd be doing lots of weddings and stuff in those days. And, and I just set myself a task to be able to play that song faster than anybody. So the guitar players and the bass players just had to stop playing. <laughs> and it just became a drum solo. It was fa- fantastic. Good You'd fun. be happy with that, wouldn't you? Yeah. The, the next one I want to play, though, is, is the song that... that this is a great song. ...that, that I, I heard, and, and it was the first time I went, I would really like to do that. Like, I would actually like to be that guy playing the drums because it, it, it changes the whole the whole tone of the song once the, once the drums come. And, and it's like it starts with this amazing bang. 
Oh, I wish we had video webcams. <laughs> You'd it's love a, it. It's almost the Spencer Davis group. Yeah. And it reminds you of Deep Purple. Yeah. And the sign said, long-haired, freaky people need not apply. Today either, did you? No, neither did I expect to hear the boss's voice in my headphones saying, Oh, yeah, that's good. Uh-huh. It's all right, she's been, she's gone, she's had a oh, sack. Okay. Yeah, she it's knows. all good, we're safe for this week so far. She knows. So, you wanted to be that guy, Mac? I, no, I, I just wanted to, to be playing that instrument. It was like, you know how you hear it changes it changes the whole mood of the song when the drums start and then you drop it out for the, the lame keyboard bit, then the drums fix it again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, keyboardists everywhere are going to be upset now. Well, uh, let, them, let them do a show. Who you got? Keith Emson, John Lord. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Now, there's a show. <laughs> Edzy, where are you? Actually, that would probably do better than the five-man electrical band, I would say. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> All right now. <laughs> All right now. Listen to Simon Kirk teaches your patience behind the drum kit. You know, when, when you when you're young guys, it's all you know, let's go as flat out. As, as I was saying, I wanted to learn to play wipeout as fast as I could. Hmm. But when you listen to Simon Kirk play right now, it's about getting some self control. Yeah, he's a beautiful player. It's it's a real study in, in uh, understatement in a way. And and uh, the classic example of sometimes that's what you leave out. Less yeah. is more. Yeah. 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 And um, I've got to say that probably uh, Simon Kirk has influenced a whole generation of Australian drummers, probably unwittingly. And the most obvious one is Herm Kovac from the Ted Mulry Gang, Mm. who plays just like that. He's got one of Simon's kits down in the studio. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Very cool. He he got the kit that Simon Kirk played on the uh, Bad Company tour. 
and uh, plays very in a very similar fashion to uh, Simon Kirk. But I, I think what we find too with, with guys like Simon Kirk, and especially when we get a little bit further down to uh, Led Zeppelin, which we have to do, you actually get these particular drummers have a particular sound as well. And you go, what's well, a drum? You hit it with a stick. But it's not just a drum. You hit well, it with a stick. Everything we've played so far, other than Gene Cooper, has been a Ludwig drum kit as well. Oh, of course. Of there course. You there you go. <laughs> but, you know... Say no more. What Bunny Carlos play? Ludwig. Ludwig. Kit. And, and you, just, you go, they're all playing Ludwig kits, but they all sound completely different. different. Yeah. So it's, it's not just, this is a drum kit, it's a Ludwig. Somebody, you'll sound just like that guy if you hit it. No, you won't. There's something special about the way they hit the kit. They get their own sound. Not the same way guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> if you two could not have a fight before the end of the show, that'd be good. He knows better than to fight me. When lights close the tired eyes, I'll soon be with you, my love. Give you my dog That's an interesting track, uh, Ginger Baker playing with Cream, because uh, I guess those guys sort of started uh, progressive rock in a way and, and uh, took it to the world, but it's so many drummers play that wrong, don't oh, they? It's, it's the, the, the snare's on the, on, on the one, and everyone plays it like boof, bat, boof, bat, the other way around on the two. And you, if you listen to it, it's, it's, that, that just straightens it out so much, but if you play it the way Ginger plays it, it's got that real African... You can't see, people on radio can't see what I'm doing, can they? <laughs> I'm doing this kind of real African dance, I think. Looks a bit like Julia Gillard going forward. Very much like that, actually, Mac, yeah. And, and you know, Ginger Baker, um, for all his inarticulate speaking on the, the odd drum video, um, actually brought some very, very clever things to rock music and... Uh, that's have to have to be the epitome of it. Yeah, it's that's just awesome. True. And his double kick playing, you know, just amazing, amazing player. And a lot of top top end work as well, you know, not bogged down with hi hat, snare and, and kick, but a lot of stuff around the toms. Like that that whole rhythm track is all on the toms, hmm. as opposed to the Simon Kirk style, which is woof, bath, woof, 
See, I was just thinking it would be really good to have Mac in here one day with a kit so you could actually demonstrate this stuff for us. But I'm just not sure how we'd cope with the blowing up microphones. Well, you put him in the other room. Across the road. We could bring the little red drum kit in. Yeah, you can put that out in the other room as well. (laughs) That's uh, funny. Mac actually said uh, he knows better than to fight with me. But the very first time Mac and I met at the castle... Oh, well, you didn't fight with me. You no. had the bouncers do it. <laughs> I had him thrown out and we've become close friends ever since. You, know. you never did that to me. I'm sure you probably wanted to once or twice. Oh, dear. Black Sabbath? Yeah. Billy Ward, beautiful. <laughs> Okay, ears are bleeding. Ears are bleeding. <laughs> Mop and bucket to as, the studio. That's just for my ears, Mac. As they should be. Billy Ward is a beautiful, beautiful human being and a, and a wonderful drummer. He explains his role in Sabbath not so much as a timekeeper, but more of a percussive orchestrator. So that when Tony plays really loud, Billy will play really loud. When Tony <laughs> plays excessively loud, Billy will play excessively loud. And when Tony just plays. A very loud volume, yes. Billy will play very loud. <laughs> oh dear. He's love, he's, love Sabbath. He's obviously thought that well through, hasn't he? Yes. <laughs> you know, um, we might just uh, play a track now that will subtly introduce our special guest that we're going to ring Certainly. through this particular track. So we might go to track number 13. Unlucky for some. I can do that for you. <laughs> Tino and Mac, I have to tell you, you just won me over completely because Alice Cooper is one of my 
favourite humans <laughs> ever, and I had the great privilege of working with him on an Australian tour 21 years ago, yeah. roughly. Right. And this is actually Alice Cooper, the band, before Alice Cooper, well, that's the, right. the individual. Yeah, before Vincent Fernie had changed his name to, to Alice, Alice Cooper. Cooper. And I used, I used to play this in bands when I was a kid. In, was in tights? Well. Oh, he did, actually. He actually, actually looked like in. Alice Cooper. Yeah. 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 Mac, you'd have some really good photos actually stashed away, wouldn't you? I do. I've got lots of pictures with, with Neil. And... I'm going to make a lunch date with you one day and we're going to have some of your photos up on the web because Tino hasn't fronted up with any photos of him oh. in tights and big boots yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've got plenty of Tino. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Okay. Um, the original Alice Cooper band was just that. That was what the band were called. They yeah, weren't they, they Alice, were the Alice Cooper's Cooper band. band. They were the Alice Cooper group. They were Alice Cooper and the singer's name happened to be Alice Cooper as well. Yeah, I used to go into record shops. If it was, I'd put them under A for Alice Cooper instead of C for you know, Alice Cooper. And then, <laughs> and then when Alice went solo, I put the band albums under A and the solo albums under C. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, get well, the they, subtle he, they ain't the same. They're no, they're, not, they're not, the same. not the same. And when the new bands play the old songs, they're not the same. And I saw the original band uh, in 2006. They got together for Alice's Christmas pudding in Phoenix. The original band. Yes, ex- except, except for Glenn. Sadly, Glenn passed away yeah. in 1997. Um, but Neil, Mike, Alice, Dennis, and they had Alice's current guitar player, Damon Johnson, playing with them. And it was amazing. And when they played those songs like No One Mr. Nice Guy, School's Out, Under My Wheels, I'm 18, it sounded real. Yeah. Like, okay. I'm not saying, that, not saying that Alice's solo stuff doesn't sound great, but it doesn't sound... Like Alice Cooper. Like Alice Cooper. Yeah. Sounds like a really smick and tight studio band playing Alice Cooper's songs. All right. Well, we have a special guest who can probably give us a little bit of insight into why that might be. Tell us who our guest is. Neil Smith, the platinum god. From Alice Cooper. Hello, Neil. How are you doing, Carol? Good, good. Thank you very much for joining us on the show. I'm never quite sure from one week to the next who's going to turn up. And the super exciting news is that the original band has been nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, 16 years overdue, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Why, Why do you think it's taken so long, Neil? Because they freaking hate us, that's why. Really? Yeah, I don't think Elvis Costello is a big fan. I think you guys forget how many people dislike this band and the, you know, the establishment. Man, they, you know, we were anti-establishment all the way, and and I think it's it's uh, you know, a lot of that's carried through till today. But uh, you know, who knows? It may be timing. It may be. Uh, I, I don't have a crystal ball, so I can't tell you. But but I'm 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 most excited for the fans because they're the ones that it's all about anyway, and uh, you know that uh, that that we might have an opportunity to. Uh, you know, to uh, get in, get in there, and and uh, that would that'd be fantastic. And the other thing is that if we would, that you know, about ten years ago, we all agreed that if it ever happened, you know, we would play for the induction ceremonies. But let's put it this way: I'm not, I'm not. Uh, uh, I, it took 16 years, so I don't know how many times. You know, I know a lot of bands have to be nominated for several several times before they get in, but you know, maybe we could be lucky get in the first time, or maybe it'll take a few. When's the announcement now, being made, Neil? What's that? When are the announcements being made? I think it's uh, it's the the uh, the first half of December. So we're you know we're going to be playing uh, at Alice's Christmas Pudding. I just heard you mention that in 2006. We're going to be playing the 10th anniversary show this December, on December 18th in Phoenix, Arizona, and we're going to be uh, the uh, the 
four of us, not sure who's going to be playing guitar yet. We're still talking about that. But uh, hopefully by that time we'll know... Uh, you know, what the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has decided. Now, well, why, you mentioned, Neil, that the establishment were outraged by Alice Cooper. Why do you think that was? What was their perception versus the reality of Alice Cooper? Because we drank too much Foster's beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. No, no, no as a matter, matter of fact, I'm just cracking one open right now. And uh, I, don't know what, I don't know what the policy is in Australia, but... Um, but after uh, 10 o'clock, what time is it there anyway? It's 21 to 2 in the afternoon, so the sun's over the yard. Um, we can jo- safely join you in that. <laughs> but, you're, but, you're, but, you're, but, you're, but it's Friday there, though, right? Yeah, yeah, we're still driving a radio station, but that's okay. We haven't stacked one yet. Okay, well, I'm, I just wa- so, so actually the planet does survive one more day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you will, you will get to here, Neil. I promise you, you will get to here. Okay, well, good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear about that. So, when you guys got together with that original band, what, what was the aim? What did you want the band to be and to portray, other than freak people out? You mean, uh, you mean uh, in the '60s when we were starving and we had to get attention, right? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, was it simply about getting the attention of girls? Because I'm not exactly sure that that would have been the target demographic of Alice Cooper, the original band. Are you kidding me? The very first time I ever played drums in high school, all of a sudden, all those uh, hot cheerleaders that were digging the football players, they they started liking the bands I was in. So it was always about. That's what's the bad. See, bad See Mac, Mac tried to convince me of that when he came in on the show right at the start. Neil, he said to me that the women love the drummers. Well, I I don't know about other drummers, but <laughs> I've, I've, I've I've been in plenty of trouble in my life. Let's put it that way. Even Kylie Minogue sings it in one of her songs. I prefer drummers. <laughs> Mac, how do you know stuff like that? Because uh, I'm a drummer. We, 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 yeah, we sense okay. this stuff. Neil, the 12, I've got to admit, the 12-year-old brat in me would like the Alice Cooper to go thanks but no thanks to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because of that anti-establishment thing. But I understand it's, it's probably uh, quite an honour to be inducted. What, what's your take on that? Well, absolutely. I mean, again, it's a, it's a great honour. Uh, I, I certainly... Um, think it, again it would be great I'd, I'd love to do everything for the fans the fans have supported us you know and been very very supportive uh you know with the original band in in you know ever since our uh, conception in the in the late 60s and even when the band stopped playing as a unit i mean fans still continue to buy the albums all through the years and listen to our music and the radio stations all over the world played our music which totally I mean, I'm, I'm, I have a pretty outrageous ego, and that was part of my stage performance. And and uh, uh, but you know that, that that all humbles me. This the the fans and the and, and the way they've stuck by the original band over the years uh, is is amazing to me. And the fact that uh, you know we get so much airplay all over the world, and it seems to and all over the internet, it seems to grow every year instead of. Uh, slow down you know and it, yeah it's, 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 a, it's, it's, a, it's a it's a great testimony i think to like a song like under my wheels it just played i mean it's just great music and and at the time you know we were uh, we were having we were having a lot of fun and uh you know going back to the original band i mean you know we yeah we were trying that's why we called the you know we had to change the name of the band and we chose the, the name alice cooper and it's still you know we were together a couple of months in los angeles they were about and this is in 1968, and there's about 5,000 bands 
and the Doors was the biggest band in L.A. at the time. So what? I mean, what what the hell do you do to? You got to throw uh, chickens into the crowd. That's what yeah, you got to do. Yeah, and call, yeah, call, yeah, call yeah. yourself a girl's you bite name. You bite the head off a chicken. <laughs> <of the crowd. laughs> Listen, Neil. But Neil, we you, you, just... you just need you need something. So we started calling Vince Alice, <laughs> and and uh, you know it was you know he didn't say it. And we, it was you know I mean I I love the name. It was to me it was a bit, it was a name like the Who. Yeah. It was just different. It was nobody ever used a woman's name for a band before. And hey, Neil, you're kind of talking like my lifetime ago, but when you ring Alice Vince up these days for a bit of a chin wag, what do you call him? Alice. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Now listen, uh, Neil, we were just talking about. Uh, well, actually, actually, I'll tell you what I call him, but I don't know if I can say that on the radio. No, you no, can't. no, that's probably not wise. <laughs> Thank you for showing such restraint. It's appreciated. I'm only teasing. I'm only teasing. Just because yeah. he shot me once, why should I ever be upset? <laughs> he shot you? Well, you missed. I got him out of, out of going to Vietnam, though. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know the story, right? I do. But tell I tell don't. Carol. You've got to tell me the story. Oh, yeah. Well, this was, this was around the same time as we were thinking about changing the name and. 68 and we were in the desert in Arizona hunting jackrabbits on the hood of a car driving across the desert and uh, there were three of us sitting on the front Alice and I was uh, were sitting on the hood of the car driving through the desert real slow and I thought I this is at nighttime so the so the lights of the the headlights of the car uh, lighting up the desert uh, the, the desert uh, night and I thought I, uh, there was a jackrabbit out there stood up and I took a shot at him and he went down, and I ran out to uh, to see if I got him. And of course, I didn't get him. But uh, but when I was when I was when I was about I, I don't know you say 50, 60, 70 meters away from the car. Yes. Um, I uh, uh, I heard a shot, and uh, and all of a sudden I have an excruciating pain in my left ankle bone. And Alice was sitting there with his stupid finger in the trigger and squeezed one off while I was downrange. And. <laughs> How many, how many Budweiser's were involved in that, you reckon? That's none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, no, Neil. There, there may have been a case or two involved in that, but, uh, but, but uh, so that's what happened, and the bullet's still in my ankle bone to this day. Oh, 20, it's a 22 slug and still in there to this day. Did you get the rabbit? No, he got the drummer. That's about all <laughs> <Yeah>. that happened. <laughs> Listen, talking about drummers, Max just been talk, telling us about his favourite drummers, and, and you've uh, ranked in the top three. Who's your top three drummers that influenced oh, you? I I don't have top three. I I can't. I I don't ever. I don't ever. Uh, you know, if some if someone uh, has inspired me, I I don't rank them. They're either. They either inspired me or they haven't, and I'll, t- I'll just give you five names that uh, that that I, I think are phenomenal drummers, and uh, um, probably, I mean, starting back from uh, uh, from Gene Krupa and uh, and Buddy Rich, Sandy Nelson, uh, Keith Moon, uh, Mitch Mitchell uh, from Jimi Hendrix Experience. Uh, I mean, th- you know, those are those are some amazing, amazing drummers. But but uh, you know, I, I I liked a lot of the drum. You know, I liked Ringo and I liked Charlie Watts from the Rolling Stones too. So, I mean, it just it, it depends on the music. Of course, Ginger Baker with Cream is an amazing drummer, and I had the the great fortune to see him play um, uh, one time at the Shrine Auditorium in L.A. And actually, I had the cast on my leg from that hunting accident. <laughs> And the roadies put me on the stage, and I was right behind Clapton Zamp, uh, uh, watching Ginger Baker as close as I, you know, I could so, so close I could touch him on stage. So, um, 
you know, it's uh, the, the, you know those those are some some great drummers. I, I uh, in the early days, like Under My Wheels, and I'm 18 on Schools Out, and or not Schools Out, but Love to Death and Killer. I would always think that if if uh, one of the drummers that I really liked was playing a particular part in a song, you know, how would they play it? And then my interpretation would be that, and then that's how I uh, that's how I created my own style. You actually you actually had Keith Moon play along with you at one gig, didn't you? When you in Black Juju. Yeah, and I didn't know it. That was in Detroit at the Easttown uh, Theater, and and uh, when we were doing Love It to Death, we were doing uh, doing Black Juju, and I went backstage after the show, and that's when we you know broke open the Alice broke open the feather pillow, and Mike had the CO2, and and would just blast you know a million feathers into the audience, and uh, it was actually it was a pretty exciting show, and. Um, I think we should do that at the Christmas pudding. As a matter of fact, this year. absolutely. <laughs> I want to be covered in chicken feathers. <laughs> but uh, but uh, uh, I, I went backstage and my uh, drum roadie Goose, his name is freaking Goose, and um, he is uh, you know he he'd assume punching in, in the mouth is is talk to you. I mean, that's great. <laughs> and uh, not me, I was his boss. But uh, <laughs> people, but uh, but he came backstage. He goes, boss, did you hear? What, going on and you know I said, no. I said goose I have to, I'm playing on stage I'm concentrating and I'm like in you know, I'm in the groove there and and he said Keith was behind you because it's it's an old movie theater and, you, and, it, and it had a huge giant screen that came down in the in the opening band we were opening for the who at the time and the opening band would would play in front of the screen um, and then the who's equipment everything of course was behind the screen and uh, the, the amazing thing about these giant screens I've never experienced it but um, if you're standing backstage, you can see right through the through the screen to the to the audience and the band in front of you. But if you're in front of it, of course, it's all white and you can see the lights show and everything on it. Hmm. But uh, but so so Keith was behind on his drums and Goose told me that he was playing note for note, beat for beat, right along with me on Black <laughs> Juju right till the very end. And he said it was amazing. From the side, there was like a split screen on the TV. I was in the front, Keith was in the back, and we're playing the, it's like a mirror image, you know, but, but kind of backwards. But it, uh, if there's one thing I would have loved to have on, on film, it would have been, it would have been that. Yeah. would have been that. Our special guest this afternoon is the original drummer from Alice Cooper, Neil Smith. I could keep you here for days telling our stories, Neil. <laughs> And I'm sure there are a million stories that you can't tell us either. What's more the pity? <laughs> now, that'll be in my book. That'll be released when I finish reading it. Is, there any, writing it. is there any chance that Alice Cooper, the original band, will, will record together again? Uh, well, um, there'll, there'll be some, some good news in the not-too-distant future about that. That sounds like <laughs> yes, you know. Yay! There's a scoop See, for I know, you. I know all about it. I'm, <laughs> well, are we not allowed to say anything about that, Neil? About what? Yeah, that conversation just didn't happen. <laughs> mum's, the, mum's the word. Okay, all right. <laughs> that mum, sure she's going to be... sure won't say a word. Mouth. Yeah. And, and feel free to make the trip to Australia, won't you? Because we'd love that. No pressure. You. I, you know, that, that was the one thing when, uh, that, that really upset me when, on the Nightmare Tour when Alice went to Australia because we had been all the United States and Canada and Europe and South America. And I, and I, wanted, to go to, uh, I wanted to go to Australia was the number one place I wanted to go to but the uh, uh, you know the band we took the year off uh, and Alice found success with his solo career and you know didn't want to come back with the original band and so um, when he went to Australia that really that really uh, kind of upset me so I've been dying to play there and I'd love to get there 
you know, sometime in my lifetime. Yeah, we'll book the gigs now, Neil. We'll give you a call and let you know when they're on. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, it's been lovely speaking with you. Thanks very much for uh, making time to, to join us on the show here in, uh, in Newcastle, Australia today. And good right, luck well, good luck for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That is just sensational, isn't it? It is fantastic, and I appreciate it. It's great talking to you guys, and uh, I will look forward to, uh, to seeing you. And, Mac, I'll see you soon. I'll be, I'll be there, mate, front row at the, at the pudding. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Are you going? Absolutely. I wouldn't. Oh. And this, this time I'm going to have my son with me and, me, and me and Zach and Neil are going to go out and square up with those guys who beat me up last time. What do you reckon? Damn straight, and you better start swimming now if you're going to make it by December. <laughs> <laughs> now we're we're going to play Billion Dollar Babies, but I also want to uh, I, I want to play Monsters in the Attic from the Killswitch uh, Killsmith okay. album. Okay, great. Okay, mate. Thank, thank you, Neil. All right, you're very welcome, guys. Lovely to chat with you. Thank you. Okay, thank you. See you in Phoenix. Okay. Neil Smith, who is the drummer with the original Alice Cooper band. How exciting! That was seriously cool. You guys just gave me some serious cred. <laughs> While you're over there, you've got to try and seriously talk them into bringing the original band down under. Well, they... I, I know Neil and Dennis... I mean, we've already given away the secret of, yeah. of some recordings. No, I don't think we have. We haven't said anything about Because that. Mum's... Shh. But you've got, you got to work on them while you're over there. And now, you mentioned the, um, the Killsmith, Killsmith album as yeah, well. We should play a little bit of that. Absolutely. That's, that's Neil's new project. Um, very heavy. Very, if, if Black Sabbath was making you bleed... Kill Smith, that's what it's designed to do. <laughs> funny though how the great bands do that they achieve a level of success something happens and everybody scatters in different directions and then later on in their lives come back for the money like the blues brothers yeah, well back. some Let's of them do some of them i suspect don't need to do it yeah for the they, money. they don't need the, they don't need the money um and, and the thing with alice cooper is too that they split they were, they were the number one band in the world at the time you know and just went we're out of, we're out of here they must have seemed like a scary bunch of freaks at the time Oh, so I didn't meet them then. I, I've met them now as, as they're, they're older gentlemen. They're, they're lo a bunch of lovely guys. But um, in uh, their elder statesmen, uh, yeah. Yeah. Guys, yeah. yeah. Alice, uh, Alice was an absolute pleasure yeah. to work with. Well, beautiful. You, I think you know after you've been in the business thirty years, you, you achieve a, a kind of level of professionalism that's uh, otherwise you don't stay there. Mm. Yeah. Some people do, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Mac, yeah. we're going to have a, look, a quick look before we go to the news at some of your favourite Australian drummers. Oh, yeah. we got Gary Young, Johnny Annis, Dallas Digger Royal, Phil Rudd, <laughs> Old Kings. <laughs> did, you, did you notice um, Neil's favourite drummers were very similar to Mac's favourite drummers? Yeah, that was Not really. <laughs> Come back again. I'm just crazy about you, babe. I spoke to your mom and I spoke to your dad. I said I was crazy, it made me feel sad. Come back again. I'm just crazy about you, babe. Now, Mac, that's Gary Young yeah. he, he, from Daddy Cool. Um, the, 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 the real honour for me was that he actually used my kit for, for a gig. Same with um, Digger, Digger Royal from Cat. You're such an excitable boy, aren't you? Oh, I, I, love, I love drums. I love talking about drums. I love, you know, it's, I love music. It's yeah. very, very cool. And Daddy Cool were the first band that I ever went, I've got to just jump up and dance. I've never seen you dance. I was going to say, Tino dancing. I was a wee lad then. Who's this? This is John Annis with the Kevin Burridge Express. Used to go and see him a couple of times a month up the bass. And he had this huge premier kit, similar to what Neil had. And his dexterity around the kit was absolutely incredible. And Kevin Burridge now working with his son. Yeah. Well, his son's a mighty drummer, but he's nothing on Johnny Annis. Now, you boys have come in with a huge list. We're not going to make it anywhere near through half of this. So many wonderful things that we should try and do another week. Really, we should. Drums, volume two. Yeah. Rock foundations. It'd be bang, 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 bang. (laughs) This is Digger. Digger Roy with Rose Tattoo. He played my kit. We were playing in Perth. I was playing with Rob from the Tats in a band called The Beast. And he, Digger got up the jam, and Digger's always had a tiny little kit like Ringo Starr. And I had this huge Neil Smith style kit, and two kicks on it. And he's looked down, and he's wasted, and he looks, looks at the pedals and says, What do I do with them? I said, Oh, mate, they're just, they're just kicks on pedals. And they did um, School Days by Chuck Berry, and he actually played them simultaneously. Normally, you do a digger, digger, digger thing with double kick. He just went, Boof, 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 with both kick drums, and it just rocked. <laughs> I reckon neurologists would love to have a good look at the brains of drummers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, we've got the different bits doing different things. Yeah, I guess You so. know, patting your head, rubbing your tummy. And the beautiful thing is if you put one of those brains in a dish, you wouldn't need very big dishes, you know, just, just <gasps> the small ones. Oh! Uh, 
had, you to, had get to get in. one in, didn't you? In. You are so mean. See you in the car park. <laughs> I, I know we're running short of time, but I just want to give a shout-out to a, a local drummer um, who I believe is, is one, an absolute master on the drum kit, and, he, and it was um, Brad Heaney who played with the Jets, and he played... The, one of the most defining drum tracks ever to come out of an Australian recording studio. That was better. I, I know we're going to run out of time, but I just want to get that in. This ah, bit. Awesome. <laughs> I can do it for you. you We've rock. only got another couple of seconds of it. <laughs> yeah, indeed. How cool yeah. is that? Yeah. That is pretty cool. I think yeah. probably we should we should take it out. And I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say this may be Max. Favourite drummer of all time, except for Neil. Which track do you want? We're going to go to number 16. Uh, yeah, okay. And that this guy uh, encapsulates not only uh, oh. great, great ability to play, but a great sound. That it's, it's one of those guys, you hear the sound and you go, I know who that is. More of a big drum. I'm not even going to tell you, because you know. That's smoking hot. Yeah. Mark Tinson, thank you. Oh, that's okay. Thank Mac. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Steve McLennan, thank you. Tittle Pip. Will you come back? Absolutely. They're going to have to come back and finish off this show, aren't they? There's a whole page we haven't gotten through yet. Mark Tinson, thank you very much. Mac, thank you. Pleasure.